with me, Emily Einolander, where we're helping you navigate indie publishing. Today's guest is Carl Becker. Carl Becker has founded and run numerous companies over the last 30 years and now runs Improving Sales Performance, a consultancy that supports sales organizations to build high-performing teams and achieve their revenue goals. He is the author of Set Up to Win, Three Frameworks to a High-Performing Sales Organization and Sales and Marketing Alignment, and now the new Iceberg Selling. He has a BA in Economics from Colorado College and an MBA from the University of Colorado, Boulder. You can learn more about him and his work at ImprovingSalesPerformance.com or just ask me because we've been working together for three years, right? That's right. It, it, at least three years. And it's been amazing. It's been a heck of a journey and a heck of a friendship. And I think we've done some really fun, great, uh, hopefully inspirational and impactful work. Yeah. And I mean, I've been wanting you to come on and talk for a long time, but I felt like after Iceberg Selling, that was kind of like, okay, well, we need to talk about this because this is a really good book. And you're going on other podcasts talking about it. So I can't let you just do that without coming on mine too. So. Absolutely. You know, I love talking about all of this stuff. I'm a huge fan of what we've done together. And, and I love talking about the books and, and the message. And, uh, you know, in Iceberg Selling, we have a business book, but we've got drawings of walruses and polar bears and yes. icebergs in it. So it, it it doesn't always have to be buttoned up. It's it's super fun. And the person who did the polar bears and walruses, um, the illustrations in your book, also did the branding for Hybrid Pub Scout. So there there's that crossover, Lee Thomas. Thank you for being awesome. So we have three books that we did together. Why did you want to do that? Yeah. Well, I'd like to share an, I just, it was like one of these life moment stories. And, and I think if you read Iceberg Selling, or if you, if you hear me on other podcasts, you know, I'm all about possibility. Like, like, I don't always know what's going to happen. No surprise right there. My crystal ball isn't perfect, but I'm always open to like, well, what is going to happen? I'm kind of open to the yeses in the world. And, and so, you know, just even the backstory, when we met, we were working together doing kind of different things. And then we just started to get to know each other more. And I think that's, there's kind of a hint there, right? Like I wouldn't have known that you would have been such an exceptional writing partner. And I wouldn't have, you wouldn't have known I had a book in me if we didn't just become friends and start to talk. So I think that's a big part of everything is just trying to get excited about the people you're with and learning. But the the story I want to tell about these books and why I wrote them is when we first started writing, I was convinced this book was going to be a workbook. I was convinced, oh, I've got all these kind of exercises I use and I'm going to put them all together and it's going to be a book and it's going to be very businessy and very practical and pragmatic. And I, I think it was probably the first or second, it was certainly early on as I started to share my vision. And you were like, Carl, you're all about change. That's not, this book isn't about work, work, worksheets. This is about change and how to help people change and navigate that. And that was such this pivotal moment of my life because I knew I had books in me. I love to create, but um, you don't always know what you don't know. And sometimes having a guide that sees things differently is just an amazing thing. So I am so grateful that you were open to hearing what I thought I wanted to do, but also reflecting back the deeper the deeper thing that I was trying to communicate, the, the, the deeper book that was in me. And I tell that to numerous people because 
I'm so proud of the books we've created. And that first one set up to win wouldn't have been what it was if you didn't understand me and and see deeper why I wanted to write this book and what it was really about. Because it wasn't about what I thought it was going to be about. <laughs> it's in there, but that wasn't the main vibe, the main story. Yeah. And I didn't start out thinking that either. It wasn't like I saw you and was like, aha, he thinks all of these things about business and I'm going to make him admit it. It was okay. We're working on these worksheets here. And that's what I was planning for. And that's what I was, you know, asking around about. And um, as we were talking, you were like, well, to be able to make organizational change, you have to have this kind of person working. And this is the way you have to communicate with the leadership. And I'm like, this is not a worksheet that you're talking about here. This is like an approach. And you have all of these stories you're telling me because that's how you talk in general. Like I, it's, I try not to laugh when it happens, but I'll be like asking you maybe what I thought was a yes or no question. And you'll be like, let me tell you a story. Right. And I'll also be like, and the story needs to start with another story. You know, first the earth cooled and then the dinosaurs came. No, yeah. no not that far back, Carl. Just tell me yes or no. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but also, but also that's where the good stuff comes out. So, you know, you set the time aside because, you know, it's not going to be a go right through this form and answer every question uniformly. It's let's see what happens. Um, so that's why it's so hard to plan a book. Um exactly what it's going to be like from day one, unless you've got this really kind of rote thing going on. It's like, we got to leave the room for the surprises because I don't think there's been a time that you and I have worked on something where that hasn't happened. That's true. You know, I would even say the most recent book, I I, I think if we look at how it started, we were going to write a book about sales stories and, and we, and this was our third book working together. And, and so, you know, we, we, we play around with stories. You're so good at pulling what you need out of my head and helping me see other things. And it's just, it's such a true partnership, but, you know, we had done that. And I think we were almost 50, 60% through this vision of this book. And I read it one day and I was like, I called you and I was like, you know, I I think this isn't the book. I, I think we need to do a different book. And, and so sometimes, you know, where you start and where you end isn't the same thing, but it's the journey. And and I think that's what you've been so good at is, is helping me truly go on a book writing journey to get, to get the, I'm going to call it the gold, but for me, it's really like the stories, the emotion, the message, the, the essence of what I'm really trying to communicate out. And, and I don't know what that is. It's like, if you just said, Hey, what's the, what's the vibe you're trying to get? What's the main message? I might be like, I don't know. But if we start to talk, it starts to kind of appear. And and I think what was so cool in that last example is because of that kind of first draft of a different book, we became so incredibly efficient with iceberg selling. Like we cranked that out in a short period of time. And it, and it, and it's, I think it's the best work we've done yet, but I think it's because part of writing that book was understanding what, what we were really doing, what I really wanted to bring forward and, and I think that's the beauty of a writing partnership. Like I, I, I knew I had books in me. I know I have stories and lessons I want to tell, but like so many things in life, just having a guide at a, and a partner mm-hmm. enables people to bring different strengths forward. And, and that one plus one equals three mm-hmm. when, when it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find it extremely difficult to write by myself. And I, my 
I'm doing a blog series on that right now because people think that writing is this big solitary endeavor. And, you know, you have those stretches of time where you're all by yourself with your own brain and that's terrifying and <laughs> it's spelunking without a cave light. Um, but the more that you interact with other people, especially ones who are passionate about writing or passionate about your, your subject, then you're probably going to find things in there that you didn't before. We created an entire repository of your stories before we even started on this book, which it was a lot of work. And I was like, oh, no, well, like, what is that was all for nothing. And then it was not for nothing because, not. yeah, we just plucked those out of there when we were working on iceberg selling and we made it teeny tiny, but in a way that makes it easier and more accessible for people to read. Why don't you tell us about that book a little bit? We've been referring to it this whole time, but if you oh, want to give us kind yeah. of an overview. Hey, Carl, talk about what you love the most right now. Yeah, talk okay. about your favorite thing ever <laughs> that you're currently going around and talking about on other podcasts. Like maybe right. just tell me about it. But this is not just in case you're like, what is icebergs? I am not in the business of selling icebergs. <laughs> icebergs sell themselves. Thank no. you for saying that when I had coffee in my mouth. <laughs> uh, so... You know, I, I think this gets back to, you know, what, what, when we decided to write this book, I, 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 at first I said, I want to see myself on stage. I want this book. I, I'm envisioning myself talking to a group of salespeople. Now the book is also for anyone that's not in sales. Like when I tell you what it's about and you read it, I, I have been on numerous podcasts. I've done numerous workshops where somebody stood up and they've said, these are life lessons. These are things that I can take as a parent or as a leader or a manager. And it's like, awesome. That's awesome. Um, so when we talk about sales, just know if, if, if you do any communication at all, if you talk to other people at all, <laughs> at all, this actually might be fun for you to read. And, and, and so it was kind of this purpose-driven book. I know I haven't told you what it is yet, right? Look at this guy. So um, it's this purpose-driven book. Like I envisioned myself talking to a bunch of salespeople. And I, I said to myself, what's the one thing that if everyone left with would change their life? It's just one thing. And the whole idea is with iceberg selling is everyone, I'm an iceberg. Emily, you're an iceberg. Yes. Um, every problem out there is an iceberg. Every client's an iceberg. Your teenage boys are icebergs. Your older parents are icebergs. Everybody's an iceberg. And what I mean by that is most of the time, like an iceberg, you only see about 10% above the surface. Yet we act like we know everything about people. And, you know, if you, if you, if you want to get kind of funny and it's not that funny, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the movie Titanic, right? That's why that big boat hit that iceberg because they couldn't see it. Hilarious. <laughs> I mean, at first you're king of the world, on the top of the world, and then you're not. But, uh, you know, I digress. <laughs> but the point is, but to get real, to get really real, like, imagine that, right? Like, people only see about 10% of who you are. And you only see about 10% of who they are, even your family members. And, and think about how different your life would be if you could see the 90% underneath, what is their backstory? What's really going on for them? In a, in a term I like to say, what is their world like? How can I get their world? And if you're in sales, I believe in sales, you're a guide. I don't believe all this stuff, Wolf of Wall Street, Boiler Room, those that's entertainment. People who are really great at sales, that is not who you're going to deal with. You're going to deal with someone that truly cares listens, tries to understand you fully so that they can bring the solution that solves your problem. That's why you're in a conversation already anyway. 
So I just kind of put it out there in your imagination. You know, if you're trying to solve somebody or you're trying to connect or you're trying to understand their world, meet them where they are, but you're only seeing 10%, you're at a great disadvantage of getting it wrong. And in the world of sales, that could mean a really good customer ends up not becoming a customer because you missed something or you missed a lot of things. So I get back to the whole idea with iceberg selling is if if everyone and everything you're only seeing 10% of, well, how do you how do you start to kind of give yourself the muscle memory or the skills to get better at showing up to be able to learn more about their iceberg? And then what are some best practices to actually uncover it as well so that you can truly understand someone and meet them where they are and start to connect and bring solutions. And so uh, that's the high, that's the whole, as I said the other day, that's iceberg selling in a nutshell. And and that's about <laughs> as long as the book is actually. No. <laughs> yeah, we, we wrote the book to be super fast. Um, the audible version of it's about two and a half hours. So um, it was designed to be fun, fast, easy to either read all at once or like in bite-sized pieces. And I, I just commend you in helping me design it that way because I did want it to mimic if I were on stage or I was working a workshop and talking to people, could I take them through a, a very short, impactful, aha-driven journey where at the end they feel equipped to do something? And the book the book matches as if I was talking to you. And even the way it's written is very very conversational. It's it's like I'm in your head talking to you. <laughs> I hope that's what I, I mean for me. Yes. But that's, that's cause I have a very like intense experience of actually writing the book. Um, and I remember kind of using, I've, I've talked to Jesse Quack before on this, um, podcast, the book from chaos to creativity. So, um, you know, if any microcosm, uh, press people are listening right now, or Jesse, if you're listening, I literally took your book out and was like, we should make it this size and kind of like stagger the illustrations in this way. And Carl was like, yeah, that's, that's the one. So, you know, shout out to y'all. Thank you for the, uh, influence, but also like, I kind of wanted to touch on the fact as a writer and as someone who collaborates in writing, how valuable the the framework that you just gave us was, because, you know, if you're interviewing someone and it's all just the top level stuff, who cares? Like, that's what everyone's seeing all of the time. It's not interesting. But when you're really digging into something, that's when all of the gold comes out. You know, otherwise, it might as well just be like a, a clickbait article. Um and I remember actually when we first started working together on Set Up to Win, which is your first book, um, we were talking a lot about, you know, going through the sales process and the marketing process. And I sent you a meme and I don't know, I'm going to describe a meme like this is a Star Trek episode. Um, it's the one with the like astronaut putting a gun to the back of the other astronaut's head as he looks at the planet earth and i just put like a diagram of the sales process and was like it's four act structure <laughs> always has been so like i i found that my um ability to think in terms of like story and that kind of trajectory really helps with me talking about the stuff that you like to teach so that's that's been a really eye-opening experience for me too. So it's if you like nerdy structural things like that as I do. Um this is this has been great. I've I've learned a lot about writing copy and talking to people and growing my business. So it's been a really valuable experience for me. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. I mean I I think I think what we're also 
bringing to the surface here, much like what we're talking about in iceberg selling, where a, a part of iceberg selling, when you when you get to like how do you do it, um, and I'll get there. It'll it'll I think it'll make sense when I get here. Is the first one is like do the research. Like what do you understand about the situation already? And then the second one is helping that other person you're working with. Like hey, where are we going to go today on this conversation? The third is starting to kind of get into rapport. Like, how do I really learn about you? And 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 one of the things around that, just as a quick pro tip, is the more you share about yourself, the more that other person's going to share. And then from there, you can start to co-create. And I, I think those two pieces is actually why you and I've worked so well together and why I think the books we've created are so exceptional. Um, because, because what I envision in, in this rapport building is, you learned some big things about me, you know, my family, my past, uh, what I believe in and and likewise, right? Like we, we know very deeply about each other and our lives, which to me is we are as a writing team learning more and more about each other's icebergs so that we find these commonalities and, and you're teaching me things I don't know. And I'm teaching you things you don't know, which then for the reader, in this iceberg selling kind of concept, we begin to co-create. I, I'm taking an inspiration from you. You're taking an inspiration from me. And then it's kind of like, like morphing together into the content, right? And, and even though this is my book and it's I'm the domain expert, the way you interpret it and see it and share back to me enables me to build it or us to build it together in a way that I think is more universal. Like I'm taking your skills, your experience and mine, and it, it creates a better product. And, and, and so I, I think that's what's so interesting about creation, right? Like I could go and build this on my own and get an editor and say, okay, clean it up. But it wouldn't be half the book that it is because we're, we're co-creating along the way. And um, like I said a second ago, like the, 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 the pieces of your life that help me see things differently and vice versa just create a, a better product for the reader. Yeah, because otherwise you're kind of in your own head and you have no idea wh- whether what you're saying makes sense to yeah, someone connect? other than you. <laughs> right. And and I think that's what, you know, there's an interesting lesson in there. Like I'm a business guy. I'm an entrepreneur. I've done it my entire life. And so to have a writing partner that, you know, your your background isn't the same as mine. Right. So for you to be able to understand what I'm communicating with is a gift because I think it enables the book to be written. Like if I wrote it just for business people, it wouldn't be as universal. Right. And I'm so close to being as a business person. I'm so close to it. I I may very well be suggesting or writing in a way that I think is super basic and everyone understands, but um, it's not. So I, I love the fact that you're not a domain expert. You're a domain expert in writing and understanding and interviewing and, and taking my thoughts and putting them together versus, oh, I know how to write a business book, Carl, we'll write it together. I, I think something would have been lost there because you're learning and seeing it with fresh eyes and ears. And that's enabling it to be really powerful and more accessible. And, and I think that's one of the reasons a team-based writing works so well. 
And I would also say that even if you are just writing a business book, most human beings enjoy the story aspect of it so much because in Set Up to Win, it's like the first part of it was all that stuff you and I were talking about where it's about the people and it's about, you know, your your baseball story with your sons, um, which, you know, we can talk about that after. I'm happy to tell that. That's one of my favorite stories. (laughs) Yeah, but like what I was, uh, I'll finish this thought first, but like um, everybody talked about how much they loved the first like five chapters or something like that before you got into like the businessy part of it. And these were people who, you know, do the things that you were teaching them. And they're just like, I really like this baseball story. So uh, tell the baseball story real quick. (laughs) But your point is fascinating, right? Like, it, 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 I will tell a different story, actually. Okay. The <laughs> this is how our conversations go yeah. most of the time. Well, welcome to <laughs> my world, right? And your world. So so um, I think a lot of times, um, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to put myself out there. So, so my dad and I have the same birthday. He turned 80 and we had this birthday party at, you know, kind of a nice restaurant. There was maybe 14 of us there. For my dad, and and I don't know if this is right. It's not really fair. So if he's listening, I kind of apologize, but that's okay. We're, you're, I, hopefully, you love me unconditionally. But but I feel like for him, that day was about the dinner, a nice dinner, literally the food. And yeah, he wanted to have his family around. But for me, it didn't matter about the food. For me, it was the experience of being around family members that I don't see that often and celebrating my dad's 80th birthday and the fact that we have the same birthday. Same event, very different goals or very different outcomes that we're playing for. Sure, my dad wanted to have a nice time, but I think for him in his mind, it was like, okay, we have a nice dinner and everyone's there and we're going to have a dinner and I'm going to pay for it. And for me, it was like, we're all going to be there. and We're going to laugh and we're celebrate my dad and we're going to open some fun presents. So I guess the reason I say that is in this book, in, in all of the books we've written, but especially Set Up to Win, it's it's not only about the content, but it's about the journey the reader goes on. It's about their personal experience with the stories and the lessons and seeing themselves in it, not just, oh, these are the five things I'm supposed to do, or i.e. the meal that I just got, right? And, and, and so I, I do think even if, you're listening and you have a book in you and you you have all this really great, pragmatic, smart thought leadership, I'd say yes and awesome, but it's also going to be about how it's packaged and received so that it's more digestible. It's more entertaining. It, it, people want to be in it more. And that's why in Set Up to Win, to, to tell the baseball story, we, we start with a story. And we start with a story about a friend of mine giving me some baseball tickets and I live in Colorado, um, Colorado Rockies fan. And so um, at this point in time, my kids were pretty young and my wife and I didn't have a chance to go out that often because we had young kids. One of us always had to kind of watch them and you know how hard it is to get a sitter. If you have children, like it's not, it's not as easy as it looks on TV. So um, I was like, I'll take these tickets. They're great tickets. And there's just two of them. And I'll take my wife and all week we tried to get a sitter. Couldn't, 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 couldn't. So my uh, oldest son, I think, was seven or eight at the time. And I said, guess what, buddy? We're going to a baseball game tonight, and it's a night game. And I know you're eight or nine or seven or eight. We're going to be out really late. Great. And then he goes, Dad, are we going to catch a ball tonight? And for some crazy reason, I go, yes. 
And if you're a parent out there, if you promise anything to a kid, you know I just made a big mistake. Yes, we are going to catch a ball. So the rest of the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, how are we going to catch a ball? So we get in the car, we're about to leave. And he's like, stop. And I slam on the brakes. He's like, we forgot our mitts. And I'm like, wow, he is like for real about this. <laughs> he runs in and gets this little, you know, eight, eight-year-old kid mitt and my mitt. Because we, we would play catch often. And we go to the game and we're there early. I'm trying to soak it all in as being a dad with a son at a baseball game. Kind of America, right? And he, <laughs> he, he keeps pretending like he's going to catch it. And he leans over me. I got the ball, dad, right? And, uh, and I start to believe this is really going to happen. And I start to think once the game starts, well, what if the ball does come to me? And I don't want to be the dad that like clocks his kid and he falls and I drop the ball and someone else takes it. And I'm on sports center. I'm, I'm the blooper reel for the week, if not the year. So I'm like, I'm going to stand up. I'm just going to put my arm out. I'm going to look up. I'm not going to take my eye off the ball and I'm going to catch it in my mitt. And then I'm going to make sure it's there and it doesn't bounce out. And then I'm going to grab it. I'm going to turn to my son and give him this ball. Well, sure enough, it's the third inning. My son turns to me and goes, when are we going to catch a ball? And I go, how about now? And uh, Michael Kadire is at bat. And sure enough, this pop fly ball comes right to me, exactly like I had planned in my brain. I stand up, put my arm out, look at the ball, catch it, hold it there for a second, look at my son and give it to him. And it was like this amazing moment. And of course, he asked me the question afterwards. Dad, when are we going to get the next one? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got a brother. So <laughs> right? and 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 so I I I start the book with that because there's a lot of intentionality to that story, right? And faith in yourself and 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 belief in possibility. But then fast forward, the, the second part of that story is, and Emily, you kind of told them I have a second son. So I'm speaking at a conference in Dallas. Uh, Texas Rangers are out of Dallas. And we like to go to baseball stadiums when we travel. It's kind of a way to kind of show my kids America and kind of like what they're like in that city. So I go, you know what, if I wanted to catch another ball, what would I do? And I was like, okay, I, I bet I could, I, I could systematize this. You know, I'm going to sit off at third base. I'm going to dress my kids up in local team garments. So we look like Texas Ranger fans, all four of us. You're going to bring a kid because baseball players love kids. And if the ball you know, as a foul ball and I don't catch it, but it rolls on the field, they'll probably throw it up to a kid. And I'm also just going to keep this positive mindset. I'm going to believe. And sure enough, it's the ninth inning that it's tied up. My, my family's looking at me like, we're not getting a ball. And I was like, we are going to get one tonight. I believed it with all my heart. Goes into an extra inning, 10th inning. Sure enough, this pop fly from the Mariners come hits like the cement nearest pops into the field. This golden glove winner, uh, last name Beltre, comes over, picks it up, looks up, sees me and my son and throws it to me. And so we start the book with that story because one, it's just a fun story. But two, the whole lesson is chance favors the prepared. There's all these little steps you can take towards success. And in sales, it's not one thing. Hell, and, and most of life, it's not one thing. And so I could have told the story of like, hey, sales isn't one thing. You got to really be clear on who you are and who you sell to and how you sell it. And what's the process? And, oh, my God, I already got bored and this is my book. So so we we took the idea of how do you catch a ball, knowing that there's all these steps. Planning where you're going to sit a lot like, you know, um, what's the strategy I'm going to do when I talk to a customer? Right. So we, we tried to create these ways to bring the content into an accessible way of being received. And stories are so good like that. And, 
And Emily, I, I guess that's kind of where we're going with this, right? Is in these books, when you can find different ways, potentially through stories to connect with the reader, it, it does become a journey and it becomes a great way to engage and get your message across. So kind of like pivoting a little bit, but not really. You want to go play? You want to go to a baseball game with me? You got it. Anytime. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take you up at that on that sometime. Um, So in the span of time that we've done these three books, um, there's been a lot of evolving and we've gotten better at working together and we've gotten familiar with like all of the stories that are in your arsenal, like how has your experience of creating a book changed over time? And, um, you know, not just your experience of making the book, but of having the book as part of your, you know, professional uh, uh, portfolio. Well, I'll answer that one first, because it it is so. Gosh, it's it it's like night and day. It is so different. And a friend of mine once told me this maybe three or four years ago there's there's a consultant and then there's a consultant with a book and it's totally different as soon as you have a book you are you are seen so differently and your credibility is so different and i guess i would say it's a yes and there too like yes it is but the one of the hidden jewels of having a book is my own personal clarity like when we wrote set up to win when we were done, I was so much more clear on how I wanted to be in the world, how I wanted to communicate what I do for a living, how I support people, how I build teams. And then I also had a framework that I could give people so that they could get a preview of it or digest it in their own time to go, yeah, I want to work with him. And so having a book from internally is one of the most amazing things is, uh, at least for me, I got so much more clear because because you got to, right? I, you can't just have a book that's rambling. No, you know, it doesn't work. And so being able to get clear has been one of the biggest benefits because I'm just a more effective consultant and communicator or keynote or running a workshop. Uh, I just clear. The second is amazing things happen. Like, set up to win last February. And in all my books, I have an invitation. Hey, if you want to talk, reach out. I love, I love supporting people. I love talking about this stuff. So I always have an open invitation. If And, and same with the podcast. Like if, if you want to reach out, reach out. I will gladly communicate with you. So um, I get this LinkedIn message from a guy named Jason at Semester at Sea. And he goes, I just read your book and I've ordered it for my team and I love it. And I'm wondering if you could speak at one of my events. And I was like, okay, this is amazing. Like, wow. Like, I don't know who this person is and they've reached out. So um, I I got on a call with him shortly, took his LinkedIn invite. We became friends, Um, spent the next couple months just kind of talking how we could work together. And then I said, hey, I've got this new book. Would you be open to reading it? Because he's like, I love your other two books. I was like, well, guess what? I've got one, you know almost ready. And he read it and he's in the acknowledgements as a thank you because he gave me such great advice. And then he brought me in to do a workshop with his team for over around iceberg selling. And, and so how would that have happened if I didn't have a book? Right. And so now not only do I have a friend, but I have a client 
Uh, I've got a great story to tell, but I, I think having a book, I talk about possibilities, right? Like it, it just creates possibilities I could never imagine. Like I'm going to, I'm going to run a workshop for a bunch of people at semester at sea, which is a college uh, on a boat that travels all around the world, helping people become global citizens. How you said I could swear. I'm not going to. How blank and cool is that? How blank and cool is that? Um, and so I think it's a credibility thing. I think it's a focus thing. I think it's a possibility thing. Um, and it's a legacy thing. Like I have two high schoolers now, two boys that are in high school, and they've heard the audiobook. They've heard me talk. They've read it. They've seen it. They they know they're in it. There's stories about them. And that's never going to go away. And 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 so as a father to know that I've got two boys that at any point in their life, they can open up this book and and see themselves or see them their father and how I was shown up in the world. Then that's that's worth the price price of admission right there. That's blanking cool, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then have you had fun doing it? No, doing, doing the it's writing. It's horrible. It's been horrible. Yes, You're just torturing look, yourself over time. No, <laughs> Let's I, I do it again. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I did it three times because I hate it each time. Um, <laughs> well, no, look, it's... some people like to do CrossFit. Okay, <laughs> like <laughs> we love doing things we hate to ourselves. You know, it it has been fun because it, it, it's my time. Like it's my time to get what's out of my head, what I'm passionate about, what I might be processing through and share it with somebody in this case, you that cares about me and cares about the product. And yeah, it's work, you know, to be like, oh, wow, we're going to have an hour and a half, two hour session where we have a general idea. We're going to talk, we're going to record it. We're going to transcribe. You're going to ask me clarifying questions and then you're going to cycle on it and and go, hey, is this, did I generally capture this? That's work. But it's 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 work that when you're done, you can see it and feel it and touch it and it's real. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so much of what many of us probably do for a living is like like to to quote to quote like an 80s commercial for all my 80s kids out there, where's the beef, right? Where is it? <laughs> and, and once and once you kind of start to see another piece evolve and evolve and evolve and kind of come to life and, and read it, it, it's it's so fun. My God, you know, I said that this is my book. Mm-hmm. This is really cool. You know, and it can be a little emotional sometimes too. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, when I was talking to um this person named Amanda who does something similar to what I do, um, she was like, I try to prime people for the emotional experience of creating a book before we get started because you always have these, um, you know even if it's not ex- actually exploring the story that does it to you, it's like the waiting and the um, the revisions where you go and look back over what you did and go, Do, is this really what I want to say? Or like, is this my life sitting here in front of me? Well, the, the other part is, I, 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 would, I would like to think this about our relationship. You see, I can show up very raw. And... I think it's because you've built a really safe place for me to feel that I'm heard and understood and I can explore something. And if I'm, if I'm tweaked or I'm having a rough day, I'm sure there's some recordings where (laughs) I would probably be like, Oh, wow. I said that. But, but I think if you're going to write a book, 
number one. And if you're going to write a book with somebody else as a teammate, as a writing partner, like you are to me, Emily, um, it's not going to be right every time. There's going to be some, there's going to be some times where you have to throw away all the work you did because at least for me, I process out loud a lot. So part of the experience is being able to be vulnerable and share and know that your writing partner, you, Emily, uh, you have my back. You're, you're, you're going to allow me to, to maybe unpack some things that I didn't even know I was going to. That's really deep. But, and I couldn't do that by myself. Like if it was just me and back of, I want to say typewriter and me and back of a typewriter. I mean, people still use them sometimes. Like I hear <laughs> click, click, click <laughs> darn. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and so I think you're right that in, in writing, there's a lot of things that show up there. There's, there's a, it's an emotional journey because sometimes there's a, I don't want it to do this today, uh, mm-hmm. but that's where writing partner helps, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to get on a call and maybe the first 30 minutes we're talking and you're a therapist for me. And then I process through whatever that was. It's like, before we start, I want to tell you this story, you know, and, <laughs> and, and then I'm at a place where I can get uh, back on point on focus. And, and yeah, the waiting's kind of hard and, and, but, the reveals are cool too. When that book cover comes out, when I see the illustrations, when I read a chapter that I forgot, I told a story in. I'm like, Oh my God, that was a great story. I remember that. Um, the last part I'll tell you just cause I, I said that I was listening to the audiobook of iceberg selling on my way on a trip recently. And I just turned to my family. I was like, I really like this guy. He gets me, you know? Uh, well, yeah, it's your own book, but it, it's, it, it, but that's fun, right? Like that's fun to kind of see the thing you put in into the world and it come alive. Yeah. And it's not it, the actual collaborative process is not a performance. So no. I, I think that there's an expectation for some people that I've heard talking about collaboration where it's like, I show up, to talk to this writer and I have everything planned out in my head in advance and they interview me and I answer the questions flawlessly with a totally clear mind. And I always look at people describing the process that way. And I'm like, is that really what happens? Is that how other people think? And I'm not sure maybe someone does, but you know, if they have an entire talk planned out in advance or, and it's basically just transcribing it. But you know, for us, it's just sort of been like, let's wade through this like Jungian, like unconscious mind stuff and figure out what's coming out of it. (laughs) I mean, I do think when I wrote the first book and I had an outline because people would come to me and they're like, oh, you know, you have this thing called the revenue equation. And, you know, there's three stages and each stage has five questions. There's three chapters of your book, each one. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's three chapters. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the fourth chapter will be the summary. Got it. Yeah. And then you and I start to talk and it's like, wait a minute, that that's dry. That's like, yeah. like we don't need a book. I already have a worksheet. Like what? what? And, 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 and so I think even if you're listening going, okay, yeah, I think I know that eight chapters or 10 or 12, and, and maybe you do. And that's great. I, I'm definitely not saying um, discount that, but at least my experience has been, those are starting points. Those are inspirations. Those are kind of directional landmarks, if you will. Yeah, I think I want this in the story, or I, yes, I think I want this in the book, right? I, this is the point I really need to get across. But in in for me, getting clear of the message was something that we worked on together and we processed through. And that, and for me and how my brain works, having a partner that helps me say it out loud and reframe it and keep asking for clarification, that's how I was able to get clear. 
Well, it's been really fun. It has been emotional for me too. Like I will say anyone who's going to be doing this kind of work, you have to be like emotionally open and prepared to like hear, you know, sometimes stories that may remind you of something in your life that happens. It's never not going to be an emotional experience, but if you are able to like go through the entire process, then um, I think there are really big rewards to it. Um, And I think that's the entire kind of metaphor for creating a book in the first place, because there are so many steps to it. And it takes such a long time, even outside of the actual writing, that um, you kind of have to have a lot of like emotional fortitude and um, determination to be able to finish it up. And we did. We did it. (laughs) Yeah, three times. Is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners The story in Iceberg Selling about Tim just keeps coming up again and again and again for me. And so if I'm going to really honor myself today, I'm going to tell that story. Do it. But in in typical fashion, I'm going to tell you a story before I tell you that story. So I'm out to lunch with um, a Vistage chair who's a friend of mine. Uh, Vistage is a, is a peer group for like business leaders where they have a coach and there's usually 10 or 12 people and, and you're talking through things. So just wanted to give the readers that context. So I'm with my friend, Tanya, and she runs a group. And uh, I said, hey, I, I'd love to give you a book for all your members of Iceberg Selling. I, I just think it it impacts things so powerfully and I would love to give it to you. And I think it would be a service to your members. And yeah, I mean, if one of them wants to call me and maybe there's an opportunity, that's great too. But ultimately I play for change and I'm really proud of this book. And the more people I want to share it with, hopefully it affects people's lives in a positive way. She goes, that would be great, but I need to ask you a favor. So what's that? She goes, what do you want me to say when I give this book to everyone? And I go, oh, well, tell them that uh, Carl's your friend and he's a sales consultant. This book's really great to help build salespeople, sales teams. She goes, Carl, that's boring and that's going to fall flat. I need something that gets them to understand why they should read this book. And I said, well, there's a great story in there about a guy named Tim. And Tim has a bunch of stuff in his head about selling and, and what does selling mean? And uh, I said, you really should listen to the story and I'll tell it to you right now, but tell everybody in the group, hey, there's this great story in there and this is what it's about. And Carl and I were talking that many of you in the room might have a similar baggage, head trash around this, or your sales team does. So if this story resonates, read the book. And if you like it, give it to your sales team. She goes, that's it. That's what I want to tell them. I'm going to listen to the audiobook. So that was the story before the story. Here's a story about Tim. I'm speaking at a workshop of about 30 early stage CEOs, founders in Houston. And early stage doesn't mean they're all 20 years old. We had young folks in there all the way to people in their 50s, they had all gotten funding from different like angels or venture groups to build their company. And this was a workshop to help them understand how to sell. So I'm running this workshop. And one of the things I like to do as an icebreaker is just going to say, what's the name, what I call the name game. People share how they got their name. So this one guy, Tim jumps up and he kind of shares his name game. And in the name game story, he tells uh, the background about his father being a, a fighter pilot and a bunch of really great stories. And, and so he introduces his father into how I get to know him in this name game story. Clearly, his father is really important to him. So later on in the day, he tells another story about trying to close a deal and that he has this great presentation at the end when he goes to move to a next step. He doesn't get a next step and he's never heard from the people he presented to before or, or again after, after, after it, right? And he's really frustrated about it. So we all kind of talk about that as a group. 
he brings up another story before the session's over. Very similar theme. Like he's in front of people, he's doing a presentation, they love his product, but then it never goes anywhere. This is this reoccurring theme. Never goes anywhere after he presents. Obviously super frustrating to anyone, especially an early stage CEO who's trying to get his company off the ground. So I wrap up and he comes up to me and he goes, hey, do you do personal coaching? Like, could you help me? I really like what you said today. Could you, could you help me through some stuff? I said, Tim, I've got four hours before my flight. Let's do it right now. He goes, okay. It was a nice day in Houston. It was spring. So we go outside and we're just sitting. And he goes, I think I have a sales problem. I hate to sell. I said, well, what sales like for you? And he's like, well, you know, at the end of the end of the presentation, I asked for next steps and I move forward and I sell them. I try to get it to close. And I'm like, that's, that's not sales. That's the stuff in the movies. We don't need to do that. He looks a little relieved. I said, do you really want to work through some stuff here? And he goes, yeah, I really do. And I said, Tim, you mentioned your father numerous times in our session today. But whenever you tell stories, like you have this like really grin, like you really admire this guy, but you also talk like he's probably not around anymore. Like you might have lost him recently. And he kind of gets a little choked up and he's like, yeah, my dad passed away this summer. I said, okay, I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, I want to ask you a couple more questions, but they're going to kind of go deep. Are you sure you're still good with this? Because if you're going to do some consulting, you, you got to get permission or it ends up kind of being abuse, right? So <laughs> <Yes>. I, <laughs> I said, uh, I said, Tim, um, you've told a couple stories. Your dad owned like a mechanic shop and you, he would tell stories about the sales guys coming there to sell them tires and stuff. Um, I'm kind of picking up your dad kind of messed with these salespeople, might not have liked them that much. He's like, oh yeah, my dad, he he would mess with those salespeople all the time. He really didn't like salespeople. He doesn't like anyone telling him what to do, which kind of tied back to this fighter pilot story where he ended up punching his superior officer to get out of the military. But that's a whole <laughs> nother story. And that's his story, not mine. But he said, Tim, I, I, this is where it could get intense. I said, when you start to sell in your presentations, do you feel like you're letting your dad down? And that your dad sees you as the salesperson that he just doesn't like. And Tim paused and you could tell by his eyes that I was right. And I said, well, here's the good news, Tim. That's not sales. Sales is being a guide. You've been really good about developing this, this tech product for people in the DevOps space. And you used to do their job. And your whole reason of doing this is to make their lives easier. Can you stay in that place? Can you keep telling your story about why you invented this, why you developed this product. And then instead of feeling like you need to convince somebody, just invite them to try it. Can you just say, would you be willing to demo this? Would you be willing to take a, a trial? It can be 30 days, 60 days, early stage company, right? He still is in proof of concept. He needs people to start to use it. I said, if you do that, they're going to see your authenticity. They're going to see how much you care about helping them in their solution with this product. And he kind of wells up a little bit. It was an emotional afternoon for me and Tim. He goes, that's all I need to do? Yeah, that's all you need to do, I said. And sure enough, that's what he started to do. And um, he's emailed me and messaged me and it's working and it changed his life because he changed his mindset about what it was. And I, I think, at least in my books, I'm hoping people get ahas. I'm hoping they find something that I've experienced in my life, whether it's personally or as consulting, and they can apply it to theirs and go on a journey of change or improvement, whatever it is that they want. So I appreciate you sharing, you know, asking if there's anything else I want to share, because I think books have a purpose for an author. 
And for mine, it is about change and impacting change and helping people, you know, take what they want and hopefully make their life or their team's lives better. And in, and in that story, when I tell that story about Tim in a keynote, the whole audience gets quiet. They all see their dad, their mom, their whoever it is from their past that might be in their head when they do a certain job, when they do a certain thing. And I think that's that shared human experience. It's so powerful in books when you can bring things like that forward, where my experience becomes universal or Tim's becomes universal. And therefore the message really resonates and hits. So I love the story about Tim. I love you. Let me share that. But I think that's what good books do, you know, they connect. Yeah. And that one's been really powerful for people based on all the conversations we've had. And I mean, me too. Um, as, as a business owner, it can be really scary to put yourself out there. And there's all the voices in your head telling you that you're not good enough or that you're a big phony and everyone's going to discover that you like, don't know what you're talking about actually. And, and, um, seeing that in other people and then going, Hey, they, they actually do know what they're doing. Why am I thinking these terrible things about myself? It's, uh, it's very helpful to get it. Well, you said writing a book's emotional and it is like, uh, there's a there's that clarifying piece. There's that piece of self exploration and whatever story you bring because it's it is a big part of you that is manifesting in 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 words and phrases and sentences and paragraphs. But mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for letting me share that. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I really believe in this book, and um, it's been really fun to do. And the illustrations are fantastic, and cover is fantastic, and. Uh, I've been enjoying uh, promoting it with you as well. Um, where would you like people to find you? Yeah. Um, well, if if you're curious about me, there's two places you can find me pretty easily. The first is we've talked about the book Iceberg Selling a bunch. So if you just remember Iceberg Selling and you type in icebergselling.com or you Google Iceberg Selling and my name, you're going to find a, a web page around that book. And there's forms there and ways you can contact me, my LinkedIn profile, stuff like that. Uh, but from a kind of bigger brand, my company's called Improving Sales Performance. Same thing. You can you can find pictures of me <laughs> there. I'm there. You can see the LinkedIn. You can be like, oh, that's this guy. And then uh, reach out if you'd like. Um, improving Sales Performance is the company side of things. And uh, either of those avenues uh, would be a good way to get in touch with me if you're curious. And they'll lead you to the books as well. They will lead you to the books. Mm-hmm. Carl, thank you so much. I'm so glad we finally did this. Yeah, thank you. It's it's always fun talking to you. And I, I appreciate the, the way we can just kind of keep exploring what we've done together and share it. So thank you too. You can find Hybrid Pub Scout online at hybridpubscout.com, on LinkedIn, or on Instagram at hybridpubscoutpod please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. And thanks for listening.